Welcome to the Lost Signals Reviews, the American Film Institute's Top 100, where we critique the supposed 100 greatest American movies of all time. Join us as we decide if they're worthy of the Mox Top 100. Hello, I am Dr. Jonathan Ian Manser, and I would like to welcome you to group today. For the benefit of my patients, we are discussing the number 33 on the AFI Top 100, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I'd like to introduce you to Christopher Morgan. All I wanted was a Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Stephen Ramosi. Just one Pepsi. And Scott Thurlow. I'm not crazy. You're the one who's crazy. <laughs> As you can see, there are a lot of issues that must be resolved. <laughs> but we'll begin with our funny log line with Scott. Yeah, so we've gone with all play and no work makes Mac a lobotomized boy, sadly. <laughs> Poor Mac. And Mr. Mosi, would you like to concisely <laughs> tell our viewers about this movie? Sure. R.P. McMurphy. Jack Nicholson's character uh, starts off the movie coming into an institution from prison. We kind of find out who he is through interviews with uh, his doctor and uh, his interactions with the other patients in the ward as he kind of gains a begrudging, at first, friendship with all these uh, guys who are in the ward with him and is set up against the head nurse. Um, What's her name? Nurse Ratched. Uh, Ratched. Yeah, Nurse Ratched on the on the word. Uh, and it's kind of a lot of him just gaining everybody's trust and trying to break out <laughs> throughout the movie and trying to annoy the shit out of Nurse Ratched as much as he can. Well, he sort of rallies like sort of the despondent group of inmates. Yeah. Like to sort of teach them about embracing life and being more free spirited, more or less. So, so before, and before, sorry, before you go on, it's sort of implied he's faking this. Yeah. illness oh it absolutely is because right. when initially he's there to escape work camp yeah exactly and then when he finds out that he can be held indefinitely, uh, indefinitely mm. is when everything switches about him attempting to break out yeah yeah uh, it turns out a uh, life of leisure uh in the paradise of whatever mental institution <laughs> they're in wasn't up to his isn't isn't quite what it seems yeah. exactly he heard they had a pool mm. sure it's not quite what it's cracked up to be they do at some point but they, are. they do at some point all break out and go fishing on a on a, a little pleasure cruise, if you will, yeah. which was a, a, a bonding, fun yeah. little scene. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of comes to a head when, as you said, after he realizes that he can be held there even after his prison sentence is up, and he decides he needs to break out, starts making plans towards that. There's a scene where he's attempting to break out, and then everybody falls asleep. For some reason, no, they get have a drunken like party. Yeah, but I feel like if I was drunk and I was trying to break out of a place, I could uh, all right hold it together. Uh, but, anyway, that's neither here nor there. But it is here or there, and we're going to discuss this right now because you need to confront your issues with this. <laughs> uh, I think that because he was a ne'er do well his entire life, he actually found something worth fighting for mm. here, and he he was a, for once in his life. It's implied, none of this is explicit, which is what I like about this film. It's implied that he's a leader of men in the first time in his life. Yeah, and he sort of found he, a purpose yeah. to a degree. And, and I think that he didn't actually 
yeah, he wants to escape because that's his nature. But at the same time, he wants to remain with his people. Yeah, he well, he want, he certainly wanted to. The reason that he doesn't leave is because he certainly wanted to at least get his you know friends have his friends have a good time which is why mm-hmm. he throws his party before he leaves and which is why he sets up uh billy with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and candy who has a very minimal part in this other than being like the reason literal candy gets screwed almost, over. if you will <laughs> yeah but and then the next morning after they all are woken by the people coming into work the next morning uh, and found out billy is driven to kill himself which causes Jack Nicholson to go nuts and try to murder Nurse Ratched, and then uh, he is lobotomized, and the chief escapes. So that's that's a very small slice of what happens in this movie, but uh, I think uh, fairly concise. I love the scene with Billy at towards the end because again, a lot of it, what are, is afflicting these gentlemen is implied beyond just the, what you see in there, but mm. the I. I would like to have seen the control and the damage that the mother had done to Billy. Yeah. Because, like, he, he, he partly has a stutter, I think, because of what uh, his home life there. Oh, for sure. But he was, they're talking about a girl he had, like, a crush on and that he didn't let his mother know because, like, he wouldn't approve. And then when he finally loses his virginity to uh, Candy, Ratchet's like, I'll let me tell your mother. And he's right. He commits suicide rather than having his mother. It's almost yeah. a Norman Bates type okay. thing, but the, a more tragic version of the, that. The, the thing is, the the, the one thing um, I did, didn't remember from last time is because he stands up to Ratchet and then Ratchet mentions his mom and then immediately yeah, starts. Falls apart. If you notice yeah. that, yeah. He st- immediately starts stuttering again. Yeah. And I'm like. It's a subtle touch. It was just, yeah, it was just the control. The layers of control that are going on here. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's just she knows how to put it, put, push everybody's buttons. And like even when they were trying to decide what to do with McMur- McMurdy? McMurphy. McMurphy. She was just kind of sitting there silent and she's like, no, he should stay here. It's just like she definitely <laughs> ha- knows where everybody's buttons are. Total fascist. Yeah. Sure. Which we'll get to. But no, like. That's you're right. That's the general overview of the plot, and there's a lot of subtleties, as you mentioned, e mm-hmm. to this movie, which I think we'll will tease out as we go along. But if we're gonna go to scores, I was somewhat debating, like in my mind, whether to give it a pretty solid three or a super strong two. I'm still kind of on the fence. So if you guys, uh, I'll open it up with that. What do you guys think about score wise, narratively? Well, I think the arc of Mac is very strong. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. And uh. Even though the, and we're going to talk about the supporting cast mm. uh, later, but Jack Nicholson ca- has to carry the weight of this movie and he succeeds at that. And for sure, from being selfish to being self serving, we'll say, yeah, uh, to slowly starting to like the people around him and sacrifice for them to uh, finding out he's trapped to sac- and again, sacrificing himself for. The others, and I think his arc is fascinating to watch, and that's why I think that alone deserves a three to me. Yeah, strong I, opening argument. I, I, I think? pretty much agree with that. I mean, that so a little bit of that can go into protagonist for sure as well. But the story arc of this is so like satisfying in that you see him come in as somebody who fairly obvious he's faking his it's uh, all mental illness. Right, sure. <clears throat> In order to get out of work detail, and 
coming to know these guys, there's a scene where he's like, what do you guys think? You're crazy? And he's like, you're not any crazier than like everybody else walking around. And he, like really True. comes to see them yeah, as like that. peers and like fellow fellow men, you know? And I, I kind of like love that camaraderie that comes about in, in a shitty place like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to give it a, a pretty strong three. What do you think, Chris? I'm going to give it a very strong three um, because <clears throat> breaking it down, there is... And we'll probably get to this more themes, but really this is so character driven. You were right about Mac, but watching the character development of even all the other uh, patients mm. and it's character wise, it's a really, really strong movie. It's um, got a solid foundation for a story. And I think it's a very, 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 very bittersweet movie. I, I just, I don't find it depressing. I, I couldn't remember going into this, watching it again, if it was depressing or not. And I'm like, no, it's bittersweet. It's sad, but it's... It's got its moments. Well. Yeah, so... Uh, I just want to build off that. Max arc wouldn't work unless you believed in the effect he was having on people. Mm. And that's why the supporting cast is so important here, because it's not just told to you, you are witness... The growth of the people around him. Yeah. No, I think you guys right convinced me. Like I said, my instinct was to give it a three, and based on everything you said, that yeah, he has a full arc, grows and changes as a character, and sort of like I hesitate to say drags along the other characters, but certainly they grow and learn something from him as well. I think, and all together, they have an ex- a shared experience, which somewhat betters them to some degree. And yes, you're right; it's a tr- a tragic ending, but I still think as well there's some there's something there's sort of a, a hope. Beyond that, he all yeah, it's true because he becomes a legendary figure yeah. at the end of this. Exactly, and so. and Chief does escape, like sort of inspires Chief to finally get out of it. And it's, they're even, but, I was gonna say, they're even telling like myths about him mm-hmm. at yeah. the end of the movie. He's like, like oh, oh Mac I heard escaped. McMurphy, yeah, yeah I heard sure. Mac escape. Like, you know, it's basically the plot of the Dark Knight if you think about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I didn't think about it that way, but regardless, I do think you guys. No, have, they, 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 he kills him, so the legend. Uh, all right. <laughs> Fair enough. But I uh, know I do think it's a very strong, like a uh, complete narrative with uh, strong elements throughout, which we'll get into soon. So I will give it a three as well. And one thing I noticed was that throughout it, everybody's taking baby steps to stand up to Ratchet because sure, like he sort of rallies them, inspires uh, them, and then I, I was they gain their own confidence as well. Yeah, I was like thinking about how the everybody raising at what point everybody raises their hands and so it's it seems to me that uh billy was the ultimate expression like you know i mean i was thinking in terms of character mm-hmm. development that everybody throughout it takes baby mm-hmm. steps to stand up and uh sure yeah i think it's damn strong narrative and enough for a three on on our scale okay mr morgan tell me about your mother or themes <laughs> <laughs> or both <laughs> well there's uh well, I'll tell you about themes. <laughs> Thank Christ. <laughs> uh, no good deed goes unpunished. No. <laughs> um, there, I mean, no, it, it, it's, um, God, where do I start? Themes, there's just generosity. Um, there's, uh, you know, sacrifice. I, I'm like thinking of everything we said. I'm trying to encapsulate it. In, eloquently and I'm, I'm having a hard time doing it but it's showing that the uh capacity for human good that like you know you may start he mac, mac seemed like he he was starting off like he was there for his own purposes and he wanted to see the baseball game and he but he started really liking these people and self-serving turned to generosity there was it, 
it's it's weird because he and he and Chief seem to be the most everybody else's involvement, everybody else's giving or taking to it depended hinged upon Mac and Chief was kind of like his silent ally in it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd really have to say thematically, it's kind of like layers of support. It's, it's kind of, there is a little bit of a microcosm of society here. And I, and I can't really put, you know, a, a name to everybody's mm-hmm. description, but it, 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 that's what I got out of it. Okay. Well, I wouldn't think so. This might be darker, but I mean, it's the one that I thought like, it's that the institutional system will crush the spirit of humanity. Like, I, yeah, like, I don't know what to say. I'm not saying it's the only one. But that's sort of what happens to Mac. Granted, yes, he inspires and sort of betters his fellow like inmates, as asylum members feel. And like, yes, they become more comrades, if you will. They, they build a friendship and a trust with each other. And so therefore, he becomes, like you said, sort of a legendary character like to them. Like, oh, Mac was like, he taught us something like we can be better. We can be, get more confidence. We can do more things. Right. So like while that's there, yeah, he is beat down and defeated in the end. But he his like what he taught them does live on. And as exemplified by Chief gaining the confidence and the will to escape, and which that was the final shot of the film at the end as well, which is something that the film building to building you know throughout their friendship and them trying to like make a plan like oh yeah you'll meet Chief you'll we'll make it we'll Canada like we'll live free you know we'll do our own thing so like while yes the system crushed him and was crushing them before he arrived and slowly it sort of rallied them again into like a crew like you know again a, a circle of close friends so I just thought that was like certainly contained in. Like I don't know how deeply you want to go into like the nature or the oh I do <laughs> yeah. oh, wait hold, but but to 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 the uh, society the system chief when he decided he wasn't going to go because the the system because he is a Native American and the one of the things is they were kept down and a lot of them turned to alcohol and he said the alcohol the system beat his father yeah, through yeah. the alcohol. So that's really I mean that there's that there's that layer of it's not just the institution right. within, it's the institution without. I'll toss it to Ian a sec because but I'm certainly think like, you know, how these people in the, our society with are, are suffering from some mental like illness or, or something to some degree or another are treated and sort of boxed away, you know, ostracized from society and maybe it's better now, but I don't know how much better it actually is. So All right. So this is following in the footsteps of like the rogue with the heart of gold mm. that was big in this time period. Yeah. So like, uh, was, we can go back about the easy rider, Exa- which we saw. I, I knew you were going to say uh, that because I was going to say it too. Yeah. Where it's people rebelling against authority and Nurse Ratchet is the callous authority. Mm. There's other authority figures which are at least more open, but it, that, that system yeah. is there trying to. She that, embodies that, it. Yeah. She yeah. buys the worst parts of that system and the controlling that, parts of the system. That. That's funny. It's, the problem is Mac isn't a hero. He's a violent thug in a lot of ways. He would rather get into a fist fight than work out his problems. And I've been through the mental health institutions. A lot of these people, yeah, some of them are choosing the right chief chose to stay there. The I forget the guy, the Cheswick, uh, gay professor. Cheswick and Harding. No, Cheswick, yeah. I think, is actually actually problems. It delegitimize. De- it's an attempt to delegitimize psychiatry here, mm. and I have a big problem with that because I think it does help a lot of people. And yeah, sometimes the nurse ratchets exist, but to blanket and say that 
if everyone just lived ha- happy and free and could do whatever sure, they like, want, everyone it, there's nothing as such as insanity. All it is is misunderstood people, and I think it's not a good yeah, message. I'm not thinking it's a much. simple like issue or anything like that. But I think it. But it's not a simple issue, and they're making it a simple issue in this. Actually, I was going to say, considering it, the 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 thing took place in 1962, I actually I actually took it as a a call for mental health reform because if you look at it, Mac hey. has this. Mac, Mac, hold on a second. Mac has what you're saying, but. He's wrong about it. It's just like this is a, a place of extremes, mm-hmm. and nobody's getting the care they need because Ratchet's about control, and 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 Max, the other side of it, he's about. But they're offering no alternative on their end. Side, he would mm-hmm. have killed Nurse Ratchet if he wasn't stopped. Yeah, and yeah, sorry he got lobotomized. I'm sorry that he's a protagonist, is very likable, but I understand. Like why they did what they did. Oh, absolutely. They lobotomized them? Well, I don't agree with the lobotomization. I don't think that that's ever, or, or electric shock. I don't no. agree with You're saying it seems like the film tried to portray like an easy, like th- it's a dichotomy it A was, and B. So, it was swinging the pendulum all the, the mm-hmm. other side. So I haven't, I haven't, yeah, so I haven't um, said anything yet about themes, but like that actually goes right into exactly what I wanted to say is like, I think a lot of the biggest theme of this is, and I don't, I assume this is after this happened, but like around, I think in the sixties there was a like uh some journalist went into a um God, yeah. I wish I remembered more about this, but like some journalist went into a uh mental institution, like checked I think it was a woman, checked herself in and like did this whole expose on how f- fucked up it was and like electric shock therapy, all this type of stuff being used. And I think the point of this movie is not to necessarily say Here's what needs to be done. It's to say, like, look at what we're doing to people in places like this right now. Killing and, like, all the free spirits. Like, it's it's <laughs> well, tough because God's evil. Cutting out their brains, <laughs> you know, and like that. I think that's a lot of what it is. Is like you have people running mental health in- institutions, and I think this still happens today. Yeah, certainly, it's an issue. Who and, to and you state. know, like I haven't had that experience as you said you've been in places like this before so you know more about it from an insider's perspective than i do of course but you know i've you can read stories about how like people are being treated like shit and like people still believe that electroshock therapy is a way something we should be doing to people or like basically that we should be changing people by changing their brains instead of trying to uh work with the people and work with the people that they are Sometimes it's it, to me, it's, it's, it's an argument. And I guess we're going to go real off topic here for a second. An argument of like, I have a heart problem. Um, uh, oh, uh, you could, you should take this like heart medication. I chose a poor No, I'm words. not going to take the medication. I'm going to believe that I'm a good person and have happiness. Sure. No, sometimes you got to take medication. Yeah, you know, no, no. A, you absolutely do. And that is, you, it's definitely valid. The thing is, I think what this, film points out is that a lot of times the ways that were used to treat patients were for the betterment of the people that were working at the places, not for, for the, the betterment of the patients well, themselves. They were, which if you're taking medicine that your doctor and you have figured out is, you know, working is for the betterment of the patient. Like, I think that's basically what they were trying to point out. Well, I, mean, I just, I just, 
for the record, I take lithium for bipolar disorder. Saved my life. So that's where I'm coming from. All completely, uh, yeah. I I completely I don't disagree with medicine being a very important thing. There's people who complain that uh, like there's over medication, all that. I don't think you'll ever come to a situation where everyone is going to be happy with whatever situation there is. No. Well, in this film, I got it. Like this is because the attitudes towards mental health, and as I was saying about mental health reform, have changed, and they they still have a way to go because. I'm taking Lamictal for bipolar disorder, you know, for bipolar. I'm a rapid cycler. I've always been lucky enough to hold down a job. But my mom's a psych nurse, and my psychiatrist used to work. You told me about your mother. I, I did mm-hmm. tell you about your mo- my did mother. did ask him. Focus on yourself. But I know nowadays, like, you see you see um, these commercial ads, and you see this person looking longingly at a window. It says, I suffer from bipolar depression. It says actor portrayal. It makes me want to fucking punch a TV because, <laughs> well, because Thanks I know it's much more, it's more, I mean, how many, how many cocktails did you have to go through before they found the right thing? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been on like I, the, uh, trichloroporazine. Uh, the, the SSRIs, they, I, I'm like basically allergic to all of them. And it took a couple of times to find the right psychiatrist. Unfortunately, was one that my mom worked with, and he was somebody who got his hands dirty. Like when all the, when something would happen, all the doctors would be like, "Oh, call the nurses, call the orderlies." He would get down. What I'm saying is, I I kind of saw this lobotomization. Well, <laughs> Could have been prescribed for you, I, but I just, but that's one of the reasons that maybe from my perspective now, because when I first saw it, I was still in the process of trying to figure out. That I, I didn't even know I was bipolar at the time, but um, it, but that's why I, I didn't, it didn't click then. But when I watch this now, and we're talking about it, it seemed to me like this back in 1962, you didn't know what to do with people like them, like us. Now we just throw them in prison. Yeah, now we throw them in prison. But you know, you throw them in institutions. I mean, and that's why that's why I that's why I took this as a need for my final thought. Sorry, and zero is. Either it had no effect whatsoever, or it was giving a bad message. So I'm giving you a zero. I don't know. Like all that's very like valid. Like yeah, it's a, some heavy stuff. But to me, I thought the message was something like there there were things that need to be done to reform the system. Now whether or not those things like you can d- debate like the nuances of them, but it just wasn't working. And like and that's probably true to this day, as, as we just said. It's not a perfect system. Sure, there's been improvements, but there's still has to be a balance between them. And for me, that's what I got the film's message. Like, listen, if we just were more sympathetic and not just try to beat people who fall in this category down, that I thought was the message to me, and that's why I'm going to give it a one. And clearly there's room to debate, as we just had, but yeah, for my final score, I think that's what I got out, and that's why I think, to me, uh, was was reflected in the film. That's uh, I'm, that's why I'm leaning towards you, because I think it was more of an example. I, I, I did take it more of a, this needs reform, and what it does show you is that Mac may not have had altruistic impulses prior to it, but it did show you that if you pay attention to people, that... No, no, no. I'm just saying that if you take it from a mental health reform place, you know, mm-hmm. you, you take the message as if you actually take, to, I mean, cause how many people there actually belong there? Like when they were talking, all of them, they all check, well, most of them check Some, themselves. Many in. were voluntary as the film points out. Other yeah. than like three of them, including Mac. I don't know. I, like I said, I'm kind of coming on Scott's side of it cause I did to kind of take it as a, as an examination for um, mental health reform. What do you think, Steve? So I am going to give this a one as well, based on the fact that it is obviously uh, 
very hot topic of still conversation a big issue, still yeah. today. Sure. And I'm sure was talking about something that was not discussed very much at the time uh, and still isn't discussed as openly as it should be today. And this movie kind of took all the things, put the biggest actors, some of the biggest actors, well, at least uh what would be almost they, none of the big actors because no one wanted to touch it. They weren't they weren't in it yet, but uh you know, it, it was Danny DeVito, uh Christopher Lloyd in his first role. <laughs> uh sure. but Jack Nicholson the most believable people to be in a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> Later to be on taxi uh <laughs> together. Oh, that's <laughs> right. They were both <laughs> on taxi too. Totally. Some levity and uh yeah, I mean I, I think that it I think it talked about something that uh was important to be talked about. And I don't think that it was as damaging to the uh, to the view of what a mental institution should be as you think. It I, I was. think it also promoted snowflake culture. Of yes, all day. those SJWs. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Well, all I'm saying is the fact that we're having this conversation like, as in depth, and I guess we can agree that at least the film had something to say. Not whether or not they achieved it. But it's, but it's an important conversation to have, and this film sort of stirred that, but I would imagine, both back then and is stirring it now. So to me, that's why I think I'm giving it credit on themes. Depending on how effectively addressed it, it's still addressing an important topic that's relevant, I think, in society still. Okay, well, I'm moving on to antagonist. Okay. Go for it. Nurse Ratchet, who plays the Order to Max Chaos. And in here, Order is the villain. Her need for control, her need to have a perfectly regimented society for the betterment of everyone, even or in her mind for the betterment even of everyone. Even to their actual detriment. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I think she's an incredibly effective protagonist, especially since she wins in a way. Less so in the novel from what I've uh, mm-hmm. read about yeah. it. I've never read but, the uh, novel, but it seems, I think you said it was the case that you looked it up. Uh, from, what I understand, from what I understand, it's, yes, the same ending happens, except that almost everyone either checks out or moves to different wards, mm. so she loses the world she built. Her stranglehold upon yeah. them, yeah. Just to start again with a new group of uh, uh, people. So, mm. uh, again, yeah, that's my... No, I mean, Thoughts on it? you're right. I think it's effective. Like, as you said, she embodies sort of like the system's preference to beat people down and like sort of pigeonhole them and peg them down. Mm-hmm. And again, you can go into that as, as further as you want. But certainly within the film, I think she was an effective antagonist. She certainly was against them. And when Mac arrives, like then the dynamic is truly set up where, like I said, I like the order versus chaos thing. Mm-hmm. That I think they're, they're like a yin yang, like two sides of the same coin on that. To be fair, though, regimentation is very good for can be helpful people. yes sure uh and a lot of inpatient programs offer that for individuals again ratchet's a it, it isn't even done cartoonishly she's she's very believable yeah she's sort of yeah. by, by the book and like yeah. this is what says this is what the prescribed thing is so we're going to do that and never change it and but you know, i'm just saying it doesn't seem to be improving their lives th- all that much yeah but in reality sure. it would, and that's what makes it really good is because it's such a believable villain mm. and you can again i can it's almost like i can see what you're trying to do i just think you take it a little too far no, and that makes it a more sympathetic villain. well she, she's got a lot of layers to her because when we yeah. first meet her she's disarming and then it's just like she seems she, like he's truly trying to help. well yeah and, and maybe then, she thinks she is but but she does have that regiment she says hey there's this regiment and it's perfectly logical and you you understand 
And then as the layers unfold, you realize that she de- she has all this, but she's taken it to the extreme. Mm. Like she's – what makes her an effective protagonist is she's not 100 – well, she's not I, the protagonist. She, or the, sorry, antagonist. <laughs> but I think you said it, that she's not wrong on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, There's a lot of gray area, but like, yeah. certainly within the, the narrative, she is set up as such. And I think she does a good job filling that role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, completely agreed. She is... Uh, she she is the <laughs> she goes way over the top and like even perhaps as somebody mentioned even perhaps believes that she is doing the right thing but I think when her methods are kind of laid bare it's pretty obvious that she's being selfish in terms of what she's doing she's doing it because uh, she thinks it's the only way her way is the only way as opposed to doing what's best for her patients she's doing what what she wants to do and because she wants to be right about her methods. Yeah, but I, I think that, in a way, she thinks that's what's doing best for her patients. Like, I don't think she can even see outside that. Exactly. Like, I think, I think that we're seeing where uh, when Billy kills himself, I think is when that really lays her faults at various that yeah. she can't even rationalize that she had anything to do with yeah. his right. death. Can't exactly. see that it's her Although fault. we don't actually know that. Because she's immediately attacked by Mac, so. Uh, <laughs> but no, like because it's such a great area, like in regard to themes and also to her, like to an extent. But certainly, I think she fills the antagonist role quite well because of the the dynamic of the conflict, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. that the setup of that. Yeah. So I'm giving it a one. Um, I agree. I'm going to give it a one. Okay, Scott. Please tell us about Mac. All right, R. P. McMurphy, man. Yeah. So I was played by Jack Nicholson, and like again, the joke that we keep referencing is that. He's an institution. This is well before, uh, at least a couple of years before uh, The Shining. But no, man, he's he's charismatic. <laughs> you know, like you said, he plays like sort of a small time criminal thug. I think they mentioned he, he's had a couple of assaults on his record. He's a pedophile too. <laughs> a statutory well, yeah. rapist. Not not a pedophile, but he's statutory well, rape. Fifteen year olds. Yeah, dude. yeah. I mean, fifteen year olds. He does try to defend it. To be fair, so like yeah, he's sort of like maybe like kind of a low grade creep, but like. At the end of the day, <laughs> he's, 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 he's a fucking scumbag. All right, he's a scumbag. Can we just agree he's a fucking yeah. scumbag? But he's one Can we just say it out loud? Scumbag. Yeah, sure. He's, he's a he's a great character who's but a fucking you get, scumbag. You definitely get more facets to him, and like we said, because we gave narrative a three, plot three, because you can see him grow and change as a character. Like he becomes less of a scumbag at least, like throughout, and learns something, and like it has some connection to uh, his his fellow you know, uh, asylum mates. I mean, his last. Action before getting the bottomized is attempted murder. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because he snapped because one of the friends he be, he became, you know, I, I, close I understand with. why he did it. It's a crime of passion, but it's still mistake. a crime. It's the, it's, yeah. the, it's the chaos versus the order thing. But I certainly think he's a very well done and well rounded protagonist. You know, and it's a very good portrayal, of course, you know, an early role from, from Jack Nicholson. And yeah, like he might not be sympathetic. Like you said, he's not, he's definitely not a hero, more of a rogue anti hero, more or less. But still, he does try to enact some positivity in these people's lives once he gets to know them a bit more. Even though he's a bit, uh, you know, antagonistic with you know with them, there's some animosity there, or, or he feels like he's the smartest man like in the room, which sometimes he is and sometimes he isn't. But nevertheless, I think it's a very fully three dimensional character, uh, and both in terms of script and then, like I said, the acting. So I have to give him a pretty strong one, and I, I like to follow along with his journey, even though it was, as Chris said. Uh, pretty bittersweet at the end, at least all said and done. But I think he's a pretty damn good character, and I'm giving him a one. I will say I think he is sympathetic. I I don't I don't know. I wouldn't say he's not sympathetic. There were moments of it. Doesn't mean he's not a fucking scumbag. Sure. But (laughs) I love this character as the protagonist because he's a very flawed protagonist. Yep. He's great. It's a great story to follow. I don't want to be fucking friends with him, 
necessarily. He's like, a scumbag. Although I, although I might, who knows? If I was in the asylum, I'd be like, yeah. hey, Mac, it's the man, you know? Yeah. He's a scumbag with the heart of gold. Yeah, but, yeah I like that. I don't know if he has a heart of gold either, but like, he's, you know, he, he gains appreciation for mm. his fellow inmates or, you know, his fellow, uh, asylum yeah, members, <laughs> asylum goers. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he is a super complex character who has a really great character arc. And for that, like, I have to give it full yeah. credit. It's, well it's, a, it's a really well done throughout the course of this movie. See, I, I just want to have one thing to say. I don't find him sympathetic because I never actually really held I, I held sympathy for other people and things, but he is likable. And that's where that's I true. think is the difference that I a, hold yeah, to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm rooting for him, but I'm He's still he kind fell, of a dick bag. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah. Sure, kind of a- Do you know what's funny though? I I'm rooting for him. I was rooting for him insofar as his relation to other people, insofar as his relationship to Chief and the other guys. I had sympathy for Chief. Oh, I did too. But what I'm saying is Mac by himself would have been Mac, which we'll get to in a second. Mac's sympathy relies on everybody else. It's not him. It's him in relation to it. It's everybody else. So now I see what you mean. I see what you're getting at. I mean, I'm still giving him a one because sure. he's great. <laughs> but what I'm saying is he, he is likable or charismatic, but he is a lot of the bittersweet for me comes because he's likely a sociopath. Yeah, well, he, mm. without question. And I like without sociopaths. Okay. But anyway, I think it's one's all. Yep. Pretty strong uh, ones, yeah. right? Steven, it's back to you with... Supporting, supporting. I believe. And speaking all up, Chief. All right. So I'll take a couple of these. I know there are a ton of supporting characters who are mostly pretty damn good in this movie, so mm. I'm going to mention the two that everyone else wants to mention first. Go uh, for it. Danny DeVito plays Martini. <laughs> and <laughs> Hit me. And he is... It's very strange seeing Danny DeVito with like with hair, most of a head of hair, and um, like looking like he's probably thirty years old or whatever the hell he was when he was in this role. Mm. I I can't imagine him not like as Frank from the Always Sunny anymore. (laughs) The same guy can do two shows in thirty fucking years, man. Go back and watch Throw Mama from the Train at some point, but Uh like, and then there's uh, Christopher Lloyd plays Tabor. Also does a great job. Apparently, it was Christopher Lloyd's first role, long yeah. long before he was Doc from uh, Back to mm-hmm. the Future. And by long, I mean what, like twelve years or something like that. Well, he definitely stole a lot Ten. of scenes. Yeah, yeah, for a, sure. A great, he, he's a commanding a great, presence. A great yeah. acting debut yeah. for somebody who had never been there before, and like he just Christopher Lloyd has something, especially like in this movie, he had something that like really grabbed the attention from everybody else that was in the scene because he was in scenes with a lot of people usually and so the two of them were were pretty great i liked seeing them and uh jack nicholson kind of like smash the scene like back and forth to each other (laughs) like throughout as they as they were you know all all working on it but yeah i'll leave off with the two of them I was going to say something, but I'm going to say it for style. All right. Uh, so. Okay. Well, let me jump in. Yeah, because as mentioned, Sivo, there's probably like seven or eight like of the core you know, group that he becomes friends with. So it's a pretty big supporting cast for sure. But I think perhaps the most important narratively wise is Chief because mm-hmm. he's sort of like it's the connection between them. He seems like the like oh, everyone tells Jack Nicholson uh, McMurphy that oh he's deaf and dumb so don't bother. But he tries. He's sort of the first one. Uh, Chief that is that McMurphy just tries to befriend or like he's like hey let's 
play some basketball, like just hold your hands up. He sort of like connects with him first to a degree. And of course revealed that chief is not neither deaf nor dumb. He's just sort of faking it. And like they, uh, they have a, an actual relationship. And like I said, they, they, they enact a plan or at least agree to try to escape. So I think he serves like a, a really like a conduit role, if you will. He's in a weird way. The, uh, the redemption yeah, of Matt. Exactly. And, and that's why I think he's, he's lobotomized, he redeems him by killing yeah, him. Yeah. That's why I think he's most in, most important, like, you know, pertinent character narratively. Mm-hmm. But certainly, like, there are other ones too, like Harding and, like, uh, you know, um, the older Dr. Scanlon. Like, they all, they all serve their role. The ones you said, Steve, oh, yeah, were sort of more noticeable because they're the most famous actors that went on to become big after this right. movie. But I'm just saying, like, they all are, have a nice, like, each of one has, of course, their flaws and they're sort of like, uh, ups and downs that that Max sort of connects to and to varying degrees throughout. So I think it's a really damn solid supporting cast, given the fact that they have to the narrative has to juggle so many of them at once, pretty much, and like show like little moments and snippets of their relationships to each other and to Mac throughout, and how that goes and changes. Like for example, the field trip, the fishing thing mm-hmm. was like a very a, a pretty yeah. important scene. Or he, he sort of takes them like, hey, I, I'm sort of unofficially official your leader now because of this, and again like gives them all to some degree confidence i think billy is the second most important one mm-hmm. right Be- because of you mentioned like he's the youngest one there he's a young kid and he clearly he's, he had some problems and like whatever was happening what hit, tell me about your mother billy like as you mentioned right <laughs> and then of course like his suicide at the end is what sets mac off mm-hmm. i'm like you know it's sort of an irrational attack upon ratchet and that seals his fate mm-hmm. so i'm just saying like they're all damn well done and like they serve their role very very well within the narrative and the plot so people want to talk about quickly. <laughs> okay Right. Uh, Cheswick was his. Uh, yep. was his yeah. He also Definitely again, plays, he is the first one to actually stand up to Nurse Ratchet about the cigarettes. Right. And it shows inspiration. Uh, no, I, actually, I, he he votes with Mac about the baseball thing. If you remember, yeah. yes. that happens so, first. Yeah. Uh, he, the growth of his character is really the impetus towards mm. uh, him actually becoming leader. But uh, Scatman Crothers. <laughs> yeah. Scott I was Man leaving that for a Crothers. Scatman Crothers, man. He's got the shining man, uh, <laughs> and so also good. he likes to party hard. <laughs> he does. And I got to all the trailer park floozies out there. Sorry about how shitty your part was in this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Sorry about your portrayal in yes. one flew over. Chris, Go watch no, another. Movie I'm giving it a one if it wasn't clear to supporting. Right. Well, I was gonna say we were talking about Chief before. I like the fact that. Mac just tries to go for the throat and immediately try to I- insult him with the, uh, to, to try to get him to break to, mm-hmm. to see if he really if he was. Get a, get a rise out of Mac, him. Yeah, he, he went over the throat. throat. Ooh, you know, and it's like, um, so I know, but what I'm saying is I found that funny that he went for the attack and he's like, okay, he must be deaf and dumb. And that's when he started to, mm-hmm. you know, take him under his wing. I just, I just remembered that when you were talking about Chief. But I'm going to say one of the things I found interesting was, the institutionalization, the the whole process, because you mm. had the you had Spivey, Spivey, Doctor Spivey, yeah. Sp- Spivey, but basically it was Nurse Ratchet. So you'd come back to this board, and these people that were basically disassociated from, basically what I was saying before, these guys didn't get their hands dirty, but mm. they made judgments. Mm. And sure. Spivey, Spivey kind of did, but Ratchet was the one. So there's this there's these layers of disassociation between the board. And the, and the, and the people and the, the major link is Spivian, um, Ratched. Um, so I mean, I think just even for people that are just far out of the loop, you know, with, that aren't 
our people in the in the in the ward. I, I think they even serve a very 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 important. Sure, purpose. right. The staff and you know the supporting a, yeah, a number of the CEOs. Yeah, for uh, lack of a better term. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this this movie has a sh- pretty big supporting cast, like almost layers of them. But I think they all serve the role and do a damn good job within, especially given the ones that we just said. Okay, Chris, dialogue, dialogue. I t- I thought the dialogue was great. It's one of those things where, you know, there there are a couple of little lines that you know do get pulled out from here. But um, I thought it was great. I thought it was natural. I thought the delivery was great. It it, it, it kind of held that balance between being natural and being a little over the top at the mm. same time, but yeah, it never too, went. Yeah. But it never went too far over the top. I mean, it was. Um, I'm looking for the word, not extreme, but um, extreme. It's extreme. Not not no the opposite of that. <laughs> no, but subtle. The, the 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 because of the performances, the the dialogue could have been. More over the top, and I think they reined a lot of it in. Sure, they showed I, some restraint. We'll say. Yeah, I think a lot of it they put into the actors. But again, for me personally, dialogue—you really have to fuck up dialogue to get a zero for me. And I think I, I thought whether even if it was Mac being you know disgusting about a fifteen-year-old a girl, it's just like I said, it, it's just even when they were being horrible. The descriptive nature of what they were talking about. The words on the page were good. And, yeah. and you needed this cast to bring them to life in a way that wasn't, that, that served it well. So I'm giving it a one. It was a very believable word. Fuck. Yeah. Like I, I've used the word believability a lot in dialogue and I think this one's no exception. And yeah, you're right, Chris. There are like maybe moments here and there when it gets like approaching over the top, but never quite crosses that line. And otherwise, yeah, it was very, again, nat- natural and organic. And you saw like the, when Mac arrives, like, again, he's sort of set against them. He's like, look, you know, look at all these loonies. And then he's like, well, we're all loonies and we're no more crazier than anybody else, really. So, yeah, I, I bought into it a lot. And, yeah, the performances went a long way. But I thought the script itself, specifically the dialogue, was fucking solid as, as hell throughout. So I'm going to give it a solid one, probably. I can't pick out anything specific, but certainly there's nothing cringeworthy or stilted to me about it. Well, even if it approached cringeworthy. It was on scenes, purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I really love the dialogue in this movie. Um, one of my scene, one of my favorite scenes that I'll mention for this part is almost a monologue, but it's the mm. scene where uh, they're not allowed to watch the World Series game, and he starts like announcing it, like yeah. as yes. though he's the yeah. announcer. That was that was I like that scene. I a lot absolutely too. love that scene, and the if for no other reason, like just his dialogue in that part was amazing, and I mm. gotta give it credit. You're right, I, I agree that that's a highlight, and for sure. Okay. Oh, I think it's up to me with style. It is. So this is what I want to bring up earlier. I read an uh, article about this movie after watching it. So for a lot of the scenes, they would have a camera on the person who's speaking, and they would have a roaming camera around. <laughs> oh, the group. Stuff not or... telling the people who they're going mm-hmm. to film for that. So they had to be on point mm-hmm. with their expressions, and that's credited to how all these great scenes of their reaction shots. Yeah. And in fact, he added, I believe, 20 minutes into this of mm-hmm. reactions – in order, uh, which makes it far more engaging because it's kind of, Interesting. even though it was quicker, it felt longer. Yeah. But with the reactions, it made things seem. No, no, please continue. Oh. So yeah, I have to give firm, like a lot of credit for that because it, this is a, you feel like you're there at the war in these groups talking, uh, with this, uh, except I'd have to say, uh, one complaint. <laughs> there, uh, the trip they took to uh, fishing, mm. 
especially the the shots from the bus on the outside, totally dated the movie. Uh, but yeah, beyond yeah. that, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's sign of the times yeah. artifact, go ahead, Chris. Oh no, I was just gonna say what you were saying. Scott and I were talking about before because you had a lot of reaction shots. You had a lot of waiting and looking out the mm-hmm. window. And Scott and I were actually literally talking about that today, and we were talking about that it was probably by design. And yeah, hearing what you had said, that like yes, it was definitely by design. I mean, I thought the summer, like the opening shot was a great like wide open like the the car driving on the road up to the uh, the road leading to the asylum. And but you're right, E. Like it's very effective at making feel like as if you're part of like the group there, or, like you're watching everything going on, like sitting next to them in the room or whatever, or, like when we're in the group with with Ratchet. So yeah, it's, it's solid as hell, and, and, and not front. And everything else, like, the soundtrack was fine. You might speak about that, steve Like, I had no problems with it. It wasn't totally standout. But the cinematography and, like you said, like, the way it was shot. And that's an interesting little fact, little um, trivia about, like, that it kept the cameras on. Like, anyone who was in scene but not the focus of the scene in order to, to so like... So had to be acting. Yeah, in order, exactly, in order to heighten that. So, like, that's pretty cool. And certainly it added something to the film. And I'm giving style a, a pretty damn solid one. Yeah, actually, I love that story. I didn't know that. But, uh... It makes perfect sense that they I think the strongest standout point is like the believability of this uh, institution that mm, that everyone yeah. is in, like kind of the oppressive nature of it. I love how like good it feels every time one of those windows gets opened, or like <laughs> yeah. at the end when Chief throws the thing through and like runs out the window. There's that's a whole that's a build up throughout the entire movie of like you know getting out is such a freeing thing and that all goes to the direction and mm. the, and and how this whole movie is built in terms of music i agree scott it wasn't like super standout i thought it was fine but um i didn't notice it served its purpose I right well, i actually like the music no i mean i didn't say i'm not saying it sucked and, or yeah. anything it just like yeah. it wasn't i liked as, it too like, but i i don't remember any of the songs that were in it i don't remember like much about it yeah so. it, was almost, it was almost music kind of style but then again like sort of makes sense like so given the nature, I will say just one more uh, highlight for me is similar to the what you just mentioned, Steve-O, the basketball scene, I thought, when he's like, he gets some playing yeah, the basketball yeah, game, although yeah. that was a really well done scene, and the shots and like the movement around that was pretty damn solid, like added a lot to the feel of it. Now, I'm going to pull this phone from memory, it's part of the article, but I don't remember 100%, so uh, caveat in there. The director got a lot of unknown people, including Christopher Lloyd and Danny DeVito at this point, yeah. uh, and Jack Nicholson was the big name for this. So they actually had all these people come in and work and live at the an asylum hmm. to the point when Jack Nicholson showed up right before shooting. He mistook some of the actors for actual patients there. <laughs> uh, that's, th- that's hell of a method acting right there, yeah. for sure. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, again, interesting little Shouldn't trivia about it. And, that's, uh, that's but it, it seemed all these little things like added to the feel Mm-hmm. And the, like how good you know out, uh, the final product. The director put in a lot of effort into making this work. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And I think it shows. Mm. Okay, and Scott, we end with you. We end the we end the session with you. <laughs> would you recommend this film? Uh, yes, I would. So I have seen this movie oh, again a while ago, and I so I didn't remember it all that well. I remembered some stuff, but seeing it almost fairly fresh uh, again. Yeah, it's damn solid. I think it's you said it was thirty three. I believe correct on, on the on the list. Yeah, so what number it is. I think that's a damn good spot for it. Yes, I absolutely would recommend it. Uh, it's like we said, it got, it fostered some pretty solid discussion thematically and, and otherwise. And I think it still stands as a piece of film and still has something to say in, in terms of a subject matter. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I really enjoyed watching this. This is my first, uh, viewing of this. It was one of my like wall of shame movies that I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> Take it um, off the wall of shame, baby. So yeah, I finally, I'm glad I finally got to see it. 
I'm glad I got to talk about it with you gentlemen. I really enjoyed it, and I would definitely recommend it to anybody who is looking for a really impressive movie experience. I was on the fence, believe it or not, whether or not to recommend this, because while I love it, and I'm a, I'm a fan of Milos Foreman, it, it is it does come down to one of those things where it would it be something I would go out and be like, hey, you have to see this. Or if somebody said, should I see it? You know, again, mm-hmm. setting precedent. And then it comes down to, should it be on the AFI? And I, I think it should. But, yeah, but that's sure. my whole point is, I don't know if it's something I'd run out and say like, hey, you have to see this. But Scott brings up a good point that it really brought up a, a, an in-depth heated discussion here. Milos, as a piece of work, it is excellent and it definitely deserves to be on the AFI. So yeah, I think I'm going to recommend it. Yes. Okay. That brings us to a nice. 9.75 overall. As your doctor, I am, I'm, unfortunately, you're indefinitely detained to this podcast. So, uh, I'll see you next time, gentlemen. Ah, <laughs> Dr. Manzer here with Christopher me. Morgan. Hit me. Uh, where, uh, yeah. Huh? Steven Ramosi. Adieu. And Scott. Uh, we're all mad here. Good night. Editing and engineering by. Stephen Hermosi. Music by Christopher Morgan. Check us out on YouTube and iTunes for the shows, and on Facebook and Twitter for updates.